Welcome. I'm Lorraine Nolan Card, leadership expert. And I'm Adara Angelusi, marketing queen. And this is the Women Leading Change podcast. We amplify the voices of women change makers from around the world who share with us personal insights and inspiring stories. So you too can evolve your own leadership skills, grow your paradigm shifting business, and market your mission with confidence. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Women Leading Change podcast. I am your host, Adara Angelusi, and today I'm here with brave professional, brave initiator, brave of the bravest, um, Carol Schulte. She is uh, coming <laughs> to us today from the East Coast of Canada, and um, so welcome. Welcome to the show, Carol. Why, thank you very much, Adara. I'm, I'm <laughs> thrilled and honored to be here. <laughs> So I just loved your website. You even spelt brave like brav, like the brav. What is that still a thing? It's, well, it's it's phonetic. It's the phonetic spelling, so it's actually not pronounced brav. It's pronounced brave. It's just oh. the phonetic spelling of the word brave. However, glad you bring that up. It's actually being changed because a lot of people do think it's it's brav, but no, it's just brave. It's just how, <laughs> okay, just... how, how we spell it. <laughs> so tell me what got you interested in just brave, being brave. What, what what were you seeing was happening for people and needing to sort of step in and step up and step forward? What What is that about? Well, I don't know. We have enough time to hear the whole mm. backstory, Dara. But I think, uh, I mean, basically, I've been somebody who's tried to be and in the pursuit of being braver for my whole life. And, um, and that's looked differently throughout different stages and phases. And having had the privilege of, of doing work with a lot of leaders and teams over the years, when I asked the question, what would you do if, if you were even braver, no matter what, whether it's somebody, their first day on the job, a very successful business owner or the CEO, um, everyone always has the answer because I think, you know, we all want to be braver and, um, you know, the good news is that brave can be taught. And as someone who is always waiting to feel good enough, ready enough, confident enough to to start that thing or take that first step, I realized that we're going to be waiting a long time. You're never going to feel confident. You're never going to feel ready. Uh, but you can still choose to be brave. And so at the Brave Initiative, our definition of brave is your willingness to get into action before you feel ready because you're choosing to feel ready enough. And what happens is that once you take that first small step, whatever it is, all of a sudden, that's when your confidence comes. That's when your bravery muscle starts to grow. Um, and then you build this small momentum and, and you start to see what's actually possible. So the irony is we keep waiting to feel, you know, to feel all the things and for inboxes to be at zero and the perfect moment to magically arrive when it's actually when you choose it and when you get into action before you feel like you know what you're doing, because chances are you never will before you start, right? Mm, absolutely. And tell me a bit about how you're um, integrating that into workplace culture. So how you're working with, say, organizations or companies to really embrace this philosophy. Well, we have a brave model, the five elements that make up like the brave zone and what it means to be brave. And so we talk about things like bolder communication. We talk about things like how it means to, to be truly authentic and how we can be vulnerable and messy and throw spaghetti at the wall and, you know, try new things without feeling like it's got to be right, or it's got to be perfect, or it's got to be, you know, totally figured out before we start and really creating a, you know, a culture that's psychologically safe for people to share their ideas, to raise mm -hmm. their hand to, you know, bring up suggestions, knowing that even if it doesn't work, they're not to be looked at or judged or humiliated or, um, you know, yeah, let go, like just creating those safe spaces for people to really bring all of who they are to all of what they do. I think that's what we're really trying to do at the Brave Initiative. 
Oh, I love it so much. And you just launched your Brave Healing Journal for anyone to get in there and start mm-hmm. asking themselves some good questions. I did. I did. So, um, yeah, a few years ago, my life sort of imploded a little bit and um, went through my own healing journey, to, to say the least, and realized that um, that I think part of a part, like a huge part of my healing process was actually slowing down and going inward and asking myself questions and building an awareness and, you know, getting to a place where I could actually be an observer as well as a participant of my life. And I think in this world where we're so busy, go, go, going and do, do, doing, we kind of forget to actually like, you know, reflect and, and take a moment to pause and look at what's working and what's not and how we are showing up. And is it how we want to show up and, um, you know, who do we want to actually be and where do we want to go? And so the journal was prompted out of a journey through mental health, but it's really a brave growth journal. And it's, it's really allows, um, access for anyone who is curious about looking at who they are, where they are, what they want. And, um, you know, taking small steps to get closer to where they want to be. And it takes you through a three phrase, three phase journey. So, um, I mean, the, the journal is all about offering a, um, it, it just allows you to sort of look at yourself, ask you questions on a, on a daily basis to help you kind of go through different, different phrases. So it's a guided journey to help you find your brave and empower your life one day at a time. Um, and it builds a sense of awareness in the first month and then acceptance and then goes into action. And I know for me on my journey, getting to a place of acceptance was the most challenging, the most difficult. And I think a lot of people get stuck in this stage because even if you're starting to be aware of, you know, um, what's serving you, what maybe it's time to let go of getting to a place of, okay, everything that has gotten me here, um, good, bad, ugly, all of that stuff needs to be recognized, celebrated, um, acknowledged, because if we don't accept it, then we're never going to be able to move forward. You know, we stay stuck. Um, and I know, I remember one of the most profound things that I learned during my whole treatment and my whole journey was, um, what I call the acceptance equation, which is pain plus acceptance equals pain. The idea being that as humans, we're all going to experience pain, unfortunately, whether or not that's the loss of a job or the loss of a loved one, or just massive change or unexpected illness. But the problem becomes when we try and push that pain down or pretend it's not there or repress it or jump through it, or we're in denial because pain plus non-acceptance equals suffering. And so while pain is inevitable, suffering can be optional Um, because when we're not actually accepting all that is and all that isn't, then we stay stuck. So didn't think I'd be here at this stage of my life. And yet it was only when I could get to a place of fully accepting, which, you know, is sometimes hard to do because we don't want to, um, you know, we can't, we wouldn't always choose it, right? It's hard to, to. Um, to recognize, well, accepting mm-hmm. it, that's like saying, I'm okay with it. I'm choosing it. No, you're just choosing to see that it is what it is so that you can then deal with that and, and begin to move forward. So, um, so acceptance is sort of like a big, a big phase. And then from there, then you can start to take those small steps of action to make change mm-hmm. if and where you want. I love it. Now, the one reason I wanted to chat with you besides you being like super cool and like meeting you and having like all of this amazing, like synergy around your work and my work and what we're doing on the planet. And, you know, having all these sort of commonalities was the fact that you did this talk about fear 
And I loved how you said fear was like a coin. And on the other side of it was something that we really desired. And I had to, sorry, I've got my fire alarms being checked right now. Um, so I want you to just talk a little bit about that because it's a really cool way of looking at the things that we're fearing um, and not letting them like suffocate us or like pull us down and think maybe what is, what is something there for me that I'm being asked to walk into, to step into, to embrace more um, that actually is going to fulfill my, my existence versus make me feel like super small and, and scared. Mm -hmm. So. Mm -hmm. Fear is such a funny, a funny thing because we all have it. We all experience it. And I think there's a lot of, you know, these, these ideas and slogans to be like, be fearless, you know, get, get over your fear. We're never going to be able to be fully fearless. We're never going to get over our fear. And so it's about recognizing it and helping us get curious and clearer on what it is that we actually want, because, um, you know, George Adair says the, 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 the thing that you've, that everything that you've ever wanted is on the other side of fear. Um, and I think it really is just almost like a, a light or gives you clues in terms of what is that you want. Cause when you're really uncomfortable, when you're really scared, when you're feeling that nervousness, chances are it's cause there's, there's something under there that is really important to you. That's really meaningful that you really do want more of. Um, and, uh, I remember Elizabeth Gilbert in big magic talks about this idea that, when she embarks on a new project or a new book or a new creative initiative, instead of pretending that the fear isn't there, she invites it along for the ride and she even lets it sit in the passenger seat, but she will never like it, let it take over the wheel. Um, and I think we do need to acknowledge our fear and we do need to recognize that it's often because it's, it's pushing us and stretching us and allowing us see what it is that we truly, what, that we truly want. And so, uh, you know, in the talk that you're sharing, I was, I was talking about the fact that I always wanted to be a mom. And, um, at this stage of my life, I thought I, I thought I would be, I mean, I was that girl who at 12 or 13, the day that you could get your babysitting license, I took the course, got my license, babysat all of my neighbor's kids, all my teacher's kids. I was no pair. I mean, did all the things I had all of my eight kids. Yes. I wanted eight kids when I was younger, all of their names picked out, whether or not it was <laughs> wow. all girls or all boys or forced to swing girls, forced to swing boys, girl, boy, I had everything figured out. Um, and, uh, yeah. And so didn't, didn't happen in that way for me. And so now, okay, well, what do I really want? And do I have to get over this fear to be maybe look at things a different way and do things I never thought that I would, because it's something I really want. Um, but yeah, I think if you, if you look at fear, fear and desire are very, very closely related. And so instead of making it wrong or pretending it's not there, actually bringing light to it, turning that coin over and figuring out what it is that we really want and helping us face what we really need to face in order to get there. Yes. For me, I was like, what is it that I really fear? And like the one thing really truly is, is death. I'm not like ready for it. I'm not prepared. I, I don't want to not exist, you know, like that, that concept just, just is a little bit strange to, still to me. And uh, then I was like, well, what's on the other side of that? What is it that you desire? And I was like, well, getting really close and really deep and really intimate with my relationships and really feeling and, you know, really, really good with people, right? Like giving them my all. And, um, you know, not that I stop myself from, you know, going all out with people and, and sharing, uh, but like I can do it more, right? Like I don't need to have a block up about it. Um, like, especially when you're just speaking of, of children, we, I just had a kid <laughs> at 40, you know, and like that still blows my mind that I have a little 
fucking child running around. Like, I'm like, whose kid is this? Like, <laughs> like it's so strange. It's just a weird feeling. And um, anyway, I just, I don't want to go away f- for him. I want to stick around. And, um, and yeah, I just had to feel into really giving to him and being present with him and, um, you know, just, yeah, building that relationship is important. So anyway, that was the, the desire part of the, of the fear part. Mm -hmm. Uh, congratulations and thank you for for sharing Mm -hmm. um yeah and and I think there's there's there is truth in that it it sometimes highlights what it is that we want but also um like in this case if you're fearing death like what does really living big look like you know what does like live in your best life and you are somebody who values connection and people and relationships and so like right there, you're like, okay, well, am I living my biggest life with respect to the people? And am right. I giving all of myself? And am I maximizing these moments of being present with people? And I think, um, yeah, I think it's, it's important to, yeah. to recognize because then Agreed. we can actually put some conscious thought into it. Our days are so busy and days mm-hmm. become weeks and weeks become months and months become years. And all of a sudden we're like, oh my gosh, like where did that go? And I know for me, you know, when I went through my whole journey and I wasn't able to work and I went from being busy all the time to not really being able to do anything. It was awful, but it also forced me to like, take some time to actually think about what was important, what I wanted. And now that I am back working, which is amazing to really be more conscious about how I want to be, how I want to show up, what I take on, what I'm prioritizing, what I'm going to be honest about with respect to my capacity. Um, you know, and, and just, have more power around this choice. Mm, so. mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, what we can choose anyway. And and even everything is a choice too. Like when things don't work out the way we had envisioned, like you're saying to accept that. And, um, you know, it's hard to embrace per se, but just that that is what's happened. And, and now it's like, how do I move through or with that in my life now? Uh, especially when things happen to us that, that are really detrimental and really traumatizing, you know, like how do you kind of still live your life, but with trauma <laughs> hanging around? you know it doesn't go anywhere (laughs) it it doesn't it doesn't but but it but it gets bigger if we pretend it's not there and we push it down right right. and um you know yeah I mean we all have our whole lives to be a work in progress I do not have this figured out and it's it's easier said than done to be like okay just accept it and move on with your life like no Mm -hmm. but it is about taking some time to actually think about it and to process it and to recognize that it, that it isn't going away. I mean, mm-hmm. one of my dad's favorite lines, he's British is it is what it is. Um, and, and, and yes, and not to minimize or belittle or not give weight or empathy to whatever's happened because we absolutely need to do that. But at the same time, like, unless we want to stay stuck here for the rest of our life, at some point we need to figure out, okay, what are some small things for us to start to move through that and grow from it and learn from it? Um, but yeah, easier said than done sometimes. Oh, of course, but needs to, but it needs to be done, you know, at some point. Yeah. You can only lay on the couch and veg for so long before you're like, okay, I'm so tired of myself. I've got to, I've got to switch it up now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've, I've been there too. Um, well, thank you very, very much for sharing all of that with us. I, um, yeah, on the fear side of things, I just think that, uh, you know, for me, like jumping, like doing a bungee jump or whatever, um, obviously there was cool shit on the other side of that. Um, and, you know, speaking to huge groups, like I get that there's that kind of fear. And then there's like 
you know, this crippling fear, this fear that these dreams that we have for ourselves are not going to come to fruition. And I don't really know what to do with that yet, because you're saying like living big and and really, you know, putting yourself out there and you're, you're feeling like you're doing all the things, but it still doesn't look like you want it to. You still don't have the things that you really, really desired and or things have been taken away from you that you you felt like you were going to have that happens um, often to people as well. And then like, yeah, how do you move through that in a way that still feels like, you know, you're, you still have purpose and meaning and value and oh, your journey, your journey itself. I, I just went big there. I went really deep there on that one. But yeah, no, I love it. But, but I'm curious, because I feel like to the, you know, to the outside, side people, they would look at you and be like, what are you talking about? You've got a husband, you've got a kid, you've got a successful business. Like, what is it that you want that you don't have yet? Because if you don't know what that is and you can't identify it, then of course you're never going to get it. Oh no, I know exactly what it is. And it's stupid. And, and everyone knows it. Like if you put all my girlfriends in a row and said, what is it that Adara wants that she doesn't have? They'll all be like, beach house. <laughs> oh, Even though she lives totally... six, six weeks, six blocks from the beach, that's not good enough. She needs a beach house. <laughs> okay. Well, A, that's totally still possible. Like you're very young and there are lots of things that you could start to put into place today to make that a reality a few years from now. Right. Then people um, would be like, really, is that it? Because like, say you have that K okay, and then you're going to want something else. And then you're, you know, and it's just, it's a never ending. Well, yeah. and that may or may not be true. And and nobody would know that other than or more than, <laughs> than you, right? right? I think it's different. It, but I think there's different things in terms of what do we want and what do we think is going to make us feel enough. And I think that's, those are very different things. Like, mm. do, do I want to have a successful career or the man on my arm or the baby so that I can show to the world that I am good enough to be able to have all of those things? Or is it because it's just something I actually desire because I know what it's going to mean for me. And I think, you know, a lot of things that we want are motivated by not necessarily the, the best things, or perhaps based on values that were imposed on us that aren't actually values that we hold true to, or we believe yeah, in ourselves. For sure. And, and so, uh, you know, what is the motivation under it? And if you're thinking that that thing is going to make you feel a certain way, or all of a sudden provide X, Y, or whatever, um, then maybe it won't. Right. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. So I think it's different to want things for the sake of wanting them or wanting things because then we're going to feel why, or then this is going to happen, or then mm. we'll finally fear enough, feel enough or get mm -hmm. that validation that we've been looking for. I think feeling enough and wanting validation and approval is something that so many people spend so much of their lives I know. going after. And I do a lot of work with women. I used to have an initiative called Women Living Big, and now I have one called Living Women, uh, women Living Brave. And we have these pesky things called bravery barriers, these big things that get in the way of living our biggest, bestest, bravest life. Um, and one of the biggest ones is this idea of approval seeking, wanting gold stars, wanting that approval, that recognition, wanting people to tell us we're enough. We need to learn how to give ourselves our own gold stars. We need to learn how to give ourselves our own like validation and create yes. our own internal barometer for success. And it's really hard. There was this um, awesome book called The Confidence Code by Caddy Kay and Claire Shipman. And they talk about this idea that when we get negative feedback from other people, whether or not that's performance review or friend or family member, and we take that as the capital T truth, it can be pretty detrimental, right? We can take criticism harshly, but if we take positive feedback, praise, recognition as the capital T truth, that's even more detrimental. And as they say, more addictive mm. than sugar, because then we start to need it. And we have no idea how to actually tell ourselves if something is good enough or not, because we've just been totally addicted to other people telling mm -hmm. us and getting mm -hmm. it from others. And 
you know, I, I talk about this and I preach about it because I'm practicing it myself. I'm somebody who has tried to please my father amongst other people my entire life. And the, at the end of the day, he may, may not ever get me. And I have to be okay with that. But if I'm constantly doing things, be like, look, daddy, look at this. Like, look, are you proud of me now? Look how, like such a shame, right? Mm -hmm, such a shame mm -hmm. because at the end of the day, like I need to be proud of my life. Yes. I, I, I want to stop waiting for somebody else to tell me I'm enough because it'll never be enough. Yes. No. Yes. You're bringing up just a, a bigger sort of um, concept in my mind around just not necessarily approval, but feedback and um, the communication piece through people, because, you know, we, <laughs> it's so funny how we've sort of evolved as humans, but before it was like, well, the before, 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 but just like before um, we were like having jobs and doing work and we we're ting tanging along and, you know, doing what we're told. And then we started kind of going like, wait a minute, like I have no sole purpose here. This is not feeding any piece of me that's like um making me feel fulfilled. <laughs> I have like my safety and like the main basic needs met um, by having this job and getting a paycheck. But um, the bigger need of me having desire and and exploring and being creative and things like this isn't isn't being met. So then we've gone out to sort of this, you know, entrepreneurship model, like go live your best life, go do what your heart desires, like try to go make it in the world, right? And then we're in there and we need validation and we need approval because we need money and we need we need each other to re reciprocity we need to share and exchange with each other otherwise we have nothing we don't have a business right so then that kind of gets muddled up with like am i good enough like i know so many people they feel like they just need to constantly know more because they want to be the best in their field um and then therefore they can charge what they want it's a, it's screwed i i always say entrepreneurship is like the biggest self development self you know um spiritual sure. journey you're ever going to go on so do yeah. it it's fun um and and also wild <laughs> uh so yeah so that the, i think there's like a difference in that like wanting to be good at your work and wanting people to want to work with you because they believe that you will produce um what they're looking for uh versus you know going after people like not going after people but needing validation or something from people who will never give it to you and and I really got stuck there too when I had my little spiritual coming out of the closet in 2018 where I was like I'm going to lose all of these friends because they're not going to approve this new me that I'm speaking of spirit and I'm talking about these sort of like bigger concepts in my work now and I'm going to lose like all of these clients that aren't on board with that and that didn't happen and some maybe did drop off but I didn't even think twice about it because what opens up is a whole new crew of people that are singing the same sort of messaging uh, back to me not that I'm in an echo chamber but just that they get they were resonating on the same page around that and then life and business is just even more cooler because you're really aligned with the people that you want to work with. And I think that's super important. Oh my God, Carol, we could talk for days. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm so glad that you shared that though, because it is, it is so ironic that we want the people who are not necessarily in alignment with who we are, what mm -hmm. our thoughts or beliefs or values are to be on board. Like when I first started training, I worked for these uh, public seminar companies like uh, Fred Pryor and Skillpath and I do these public seminars and people would be 
for lack of a better word, forced by their organization, their company to go and take a communication seminar. And there were inevitably people in the back of the room who did not want to be there. It was not their choice. They had to be there. And, um, you know, sometimes they weren't in, into it. And I have no idea why I'm an extremely engaging trainer. But in any event, I would spend so much of my time trying to get that person on board, yes, giving it my all and paying them attention and like getting them, getting them involved. But unfortunately, you you lose twice because you lose on those people who have decided before you even open your mouth, they're not going to be into it. They just, they don't want to be there. And no matter how hard you try, how funny or engaging you are, they're already out. So you're losing because they're never going to come on board. And then you're also losing out on the 99% of people who are there, who are eating on your every word and are very much in alignment with who you are and what you stand for. Um, but it's like, if we get everybody on board, that somehow that makes us even better. Like, I don't know what it is. And I can relate to you in terms of, you know, coming out, so to speak, when I first shared about my, you know, mental illness and um, my right. diagnosis with bipolar and everything that happened there, I was like, can I, can I share this with the world? Because what if people don't like me and don't want to be my friend? What if people don't want to date me? What if people don't want to work with me anymore? That's right. And then all of a sudden I had this realization. I'm like, well, then they're not my people. Right. <laughs> and isn't it freeing <laughs> to be mm -hmm. able to like, not have anything more to hide because why do I want to try and be something so that everybody likes me if that's not even who I really am? Like, I, I don't, I don't want to attract people who I have to pretend to be something different or feel ashamed for mm -hmm. who I am, but that comes from us, right? Like it, yes. it's, it's an and individual uh, journey and realization that like, we don't need everybody to like us. It's hard, but it's the truth. Absolutely. And I think the more people that feel that way and work that way and start exploring who they really are in the world, like the more accepting, well, then we're all kind of on the same page around that. Like, that's really what I want for the planet is just for everyone to accept everybody for whatever they want to be. I mean, I'm not talking like they want to be zebras or whatever, but I mean, if they do, sure, whatever. But, you know, it's like, just show up as you and I, I, I want to show up as me and I want to just applaud you for for being brave like that, right? That's another whole thing on the brave spectrum, right? So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, so and awesome. I think, I think the bravest thing we can do is to be brave enough to be you, you know, and yeah. I, especially in a world that often expects us or wants us to be something different. And um, at the end of the day, people are going to like us or not. But mm -hmm. my, my work, my journey is just, just to trust that I am enough and mm -hmm. to be brave enough to be me and bring all of me to, to what I do. Um, Beautiful. Uh, yes. Yes. A journey, but but again, that's that's I don't know. I think that's what it's really all about. We yeah. can't control anybody else. We can't control their thoughts, their feelings, their perceptions, their judgments, but um we can choose to to be us and put all yep. that out there. I love that. Yeah. And we constantly change and evolve, and that's why the work never ends. <laughs> so true. So, so fun. True. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I wish you could see my face. Um so Carol, it was so beautiful to speak with you. I will put all the links below to the book or journal um, to your website. And yeah, I encourage anyone that's looking at creating braver cultures, wanting to step into their brave that um, Carol is your girl. She's, she's in a fabulous facilitator. I've watched a lot of her videos online and um, I'm looking forward to seeing her speak in person, hopefully soon. Are you coming to the CAPS convention? I am. Okay. Yes, I am. All right. Are you, are you, do you know if you're speaking there? I'm bit. not. No, no. Oh, darn it. Okay. Well, anyway, we can talk more. I about might that. be facilitating something. I'm not. Yeah. Uh, I'm not on the main stage, but uh, we shall see. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time, Carol. And um, thank you for having me. You're welcome. And everyone else, just keep on 
just leading, leading your own life, leading in the way that feels good for you um, and stepping into what um, leadership means for you in your world, in your community, um, being the change you wish to see. Thanks again. Thank you for joining us at the Women Leading Change podcast. If you enjoyed today, please press subscribe and leave us a review. You can also join us inside our Facebook group, Women Leading Change. Until next time, keep being the change you wish to see.